Very good to be back here. Really nice to see all the devotees and Lord Jagannath, another shot behind, This Philadelphia was the second place in America that Prabhupada gave a class, second city. The first was Butler, <laughs> Pennsylvania, you know, he was sponsored. His sponsorship was with Agarwals and Butler, so he went to Butler, Pennsylvania. He did that by taking a bus from New York, where he got off the boat, down to Philadelphia, changed buses, went across Pennsylvania to Pittsburgh. Either they picked him up in Pittsburgh, or he took another bus and went up north again to Butler. He was there for about a month. And then uh, he met some professors there, and so it was arranged for him to give a lecture at the University of Pennsylvania. There was a famous Indologist named Norman Brown there at the time. And so on the way back to go to New York to start his preaching, he stopped off, and this time he got off the bus. <laughs> and he went to the University of Pennsylvania. And at that time I was a student there, before I was a devotee. So Dominic and I had just gotten married. We were not devotees yet, but we were uh, between us at the end of our, between our junior and senior year. And uh, I saw Prabhupada. Oh, I didn't know who he was, of course. I just saw something that looked like a, I can tell some kind of Indian monk, but I couldn't take my eyes off of him. I was standing up in the and the library looking over the campus and I saw him walking up past College Hall and I couldn't take my eyes off of him. He looked so different like he was in a different place. And then uh, I came home and I told Sadami, Kanichi was then I saw this, this Indian monk, he looks so clean, he's so pure, I want to be just like him. <laughs> and uh, no, I found out years later that that was Srila Prabhupada. Because he had gone, stopped off at the Norman Brown class and given a lecture there on Krishna consciousness, got back on the bus, coming to New York, and started his preaching. And so this was the second city. <laughs> and I was a witness <laughs> to that. And then later on, of course, uh, anyway, there was something entanglement there, I guess, because I, because I didn't actually... Then, uh, I guess a few years later, again back in Philadelphia, some friend was getting married, and we all, it's kind of what people would later call a hippie wedding, and we all smoked some of the local uh, herb, and, uh, <laughs> and a friend said, uh, he, had, he, had a, he had a friend of his from Buffalo University, and he had Prince sent him his record, and we all listened to Prabhupada chanting. <coughs> and chanted along with him. 
It sounded like somebody far, far away was calling. And uh, then, you know, anyway, it's, it, it's, it, it's, uh, so so Prabhupada came like came came here, went up to New York, uh, all by himself. Now he's doing what his spiritual master did. The, the really interesting thing is, and that you may know, I, I wrote this book for the GBC, the position Srila Prabhupada, the founder of this kind. And in the course of researching this, I got very well acquainted with what Bhakti Siddhanta Thakur had been doing with the Gaudiya Mat. How he started it pretty much by himself, uh, had decided that for preaching and to really spread Krishna consciousness, he needed to have brahmacharis and sannyasis who were not entangled with householder life. And so he started a system of mats. Of basically means a monastery and he really got the thing going uh, 1920 1921 he started his uh, first 10, ten years before he did that he chanted uh, one lakh of names and, and 64 rounds a day he did that uh, and uh, then uh, started his preaching and uh, with, with a vision to spread Krishna consciousness and um, uh, I read their magazine. One thing that he did, very interesting, his, his, his aim was the world and so he took Bhaktivinoda Thakur's journal, the, the Sajjana Tokshini, that he had spread Krishna consciousness among the educated uh, English-speaking uh, Bajralop, they called them, uh, in, uh, 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 Bengal of Calcutta. Calcutta was a world city, you know, until 1914 it was the headquarters of the Raj in the East. And, and uh, so from Calcutta you could see yourself as really, you know, not you're not off in the middle of nowhere, you're part of the system of globalism. Yeah. And so he wanted to spread Krishna consciousness uh, that way, and so so he had a, a journal that, that was preaching Krishna consciousness to the educated people who had a very low opinion about Krishna consciousness uh, uh, because it had been many uh, been contaminated by what we call sahajiyas and so on. So he wanted to get the pure version, he thought he found it and, uh, and spread it. He said, no, it's not like what you think, these bowels and garanganagaris and kartabajas and all this, not what they're doing. It's not what you have in time. So in this way, this way he, so, so what, 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 but he, he and he sent books, a book abroad too. He was thinking like that. Bhakti Siddhanta started up again. He wanted to open temples, and, and when he started the temples, these so-called Gaudiya Mats, uh, uh, they very quickly spread all over India. I mean, it didn't. It wasn't so many years. He had temples all over India, and even outside of India, in Burma, there were a couple of temples. Remember, it's all part of the same British colonial <laughs> empire. There. But his aim was to go to the West. And therefore, he took 
he took the harmonist, he, he took Sajanatoshini and changed it into an English language publication. Came out twice a month. That's what he did eventually, twice a month, the, the, the harmonist. And so I read them, I started reading them, and I got a sense of what the, uh, the, the Mott was like when it was healthy, because we've seen it when it's broken apart, separated, but when it was healthy and had the drive that Mokti Siddhanta Saraswati imparted, they really were going strong. Temples spread all over the place, and in 1933, they sent missionaries to London. Started the temple. They had actually the money to, to build a temple there. 1933, externally it was a rough year because something else happened in 1933 that was not so auspicious for the rest of the world. That was the year Hitler became dictator of Germany, basically. So all hell was literally about to break loose <laughs> in Europe and engulf the rest of the world very quickly. By 1939, you know, there was like one decade there from 33 to 39. And that's when it all, all was gathering steam. And when the preacher were in London, they went to Germany and they, they did a lot of preaching in Germany. Got a better reception in many ways from the German scholars because they were much more... The, India, the, the, the English kind of looked down upon the Indians, you know, but the Germans were more respectful. They discovered they were the ones that really understood that Sanskrit was the parent language of Latin and Greek. And they were the first ones to discover the Upanishads. The German philosopher Schopenhauer read the Upanishads in a Latin translation of a Persian translation of the Sanskrit <laughs> and was very impressed with them, had it by his bedside. So they had a great deal of respect for, for India, much more than the British. And so they got a really good reception. And uh, the German government, well, these are the Aryans, maybe we, you know, maybe they were interested in, you know, they had their swastikas all over the place. And they, they, uh, they were kind of uh, there. But, uh, uh, so they... When, when they, but they, they went first to London, the temple, and, and having first started their English language preaching with a journal, a magazine, then they started with, they wanted to have a book. When they went to England, they wanted to have an English language book. And I saw that book. I got an original to see what it was like. It was called Sri Krishna Chaitanya. And they left in 1933 when the, when the first volume came hot off the press. It was supposed to be a three-volume work. They had the first volume. It was in English. It was written by Bhaktisiddhanta's disciple, a professor of history at Ravenshaw College, and his right-hand man for English language preaching. He was working together with him with the harmonist, too. Big, thick book. Seven-hundred-some pages. But to introduce Lord Chaitanya to the West... Uh, and uh, there's a history of theism, history of it. You go 175 pages before you can get to Lord Chaitanya, and it's written on a very high level. But this, but that. So when I got the book, here was it's a book printed in English, England in 1933, and first class paper. 
I mean, I got one of the original ones from Interlibrary Loan, you know, uh, so this is one of the ones that they brought with them. You know. First class paper, same binding, still held up really well, and impeccably edited. Because they had all the resources, the whole focus of the resources of the Gaudiya Mahat was on this. And then it all fell I mean, they had their own problems. And Bhakti Siddhanta, you know, he left his body in 1936 anyway. But they were fighting with each other, they were disharmony. Bhakti Siddhanta warned Prabhupada. About it, that there's going to be a fire in the mud, you know, because people had their own interests over and above the unified preaching effort. Bhakti Siddhanta understood that that when you have an organization, it's a force multiplier. If if, if five of us want to preach and we go out individually and do something, we can accomplish something. But the five of us work together. We can accomplish more than just five. We can accomplish 15, what 15 could do by themselves. It's organization is the first. And that was what Bhakti Siddhanta did. And then uh, he, Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati, became very disgusted with his main preacher in the West, recalled him, wouldn't even see him. And uh, and, and then... uh, he passed away in 1930, and then. But anyway, you know, everything was going to stop for a while because, because in, in 1939, you know, Germany invaded Poland, and uh, you know, it, all, it all started. This conflagration uh, was going on there, and uh, and then the the Godiamat, There was a lawsuit. One headquarters, the, the Sri Chaitanya Mahat in Mayapur, they thought they were in charge. Bhakti Siddhanta said in his last days, you should dictate it, there should be a GBC. Uh, but somebody else, one, one of them wanted to be the next Acharya, and then somebody else, they didn't like that next Acharya, so somebody else put therefore their next Acharya, the people in Calcutta big temple in Calcutta, that was the other center of power, and then they went to court. And uh, we now have, by the way, all the court records. Mm-hmm. Don't hold your breath, but it's <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, that, that's... And then they, the little fragments they preached in their own way. People were still coming to the West, you know? I mean, uh, some of that was still going on after the war. But, but basically, not much was happening. Now, the amazing thing is there was a, when Prabhupada came, there was the 30-year gap. But when he started off again, all by himself, now, the, the contrast is, the first effort in 1933, you had the concentrated force of the whole society, the, the resources, the manpower, the talent, all aimed at this. And they even had the money to build a temple in London. Uh, all that was there. Then Prabhupada saw this thing for what reading the harmist I got a sense of what the Gaudiya Mat was like when it was together, 
when people were cooperating and working together and how an amazing spiritual power it had. And then from that I could understand what it was like for Srila Prabhupada to watch the whole thing fall apart. Uh, what a shock that must have been. But then Srila Prabhupada had been given this order to preach in English. And, and we famously know that. It was, it was actually the first thing he heard from his spiritual master in 1923, I think it is, he met up with him in Calcutta. They, they had that one little temple in Calcutta. Told him, said, you're West, you're educated, you should push on this movement in English. Uh, and Prabhupada said, I argued with him, well, we won't have an effect until in, at least uh, India is free. You know, right now we're subjugated. And he said his spiritual master defeated him. <laughs> he said. And then, then Prabhupada tells how he wrote him a letter in 1936, shortly before he passed away. At that time, Prabhupada said, my, my, my godbrothers who were sannyasis and brahmacharis, they're working full-time, they're doing so much to serve you. I can't do much. I'm a householder at that time, you know, maintaining his family, pharmaceutical distributorship, doing business in Bombay. How can I serve you? And again, Bhakti Siddhanta said, you should push on this movement in English which may go to the West. And Prabhupada said, I, I don't know what I do. I get this order. But then two weeks later, Bhaktisiddhanta left this world. And that was his last order. And then Prabhupada tells us exactly, he said he was thinking about doing it. And then he, Prabhupada said, he read Vishnu Chakravarti Thakur's commentary on the Bhagavad Gita verse that tells us that there you can be successful in the spiritual path if you have this vyavasa atmika buddhi, this, this fixed determination or fixed intelligence. That's, if, if you have many things you're interested in, we should all take this advice. Here we have Krishna consciousness. If we really want to be successful in Krishna consciousness, it should be the main thing in our life. There, because if you're successful, you have this Vyavasa Advakabuddhi, your aim is one. We may do other things, but everything else we should do should be in the service of that main aim, advancement in Krishna consciousness. Uh, otherwise, Bahushaka, our intelligence is many branched. Uh, people now, conventionally, yeah, I have, I have work, I have family, I have sports, I have recreations, and oh yeah, I have a religion. <laughs> I guess one thing I do, like a hobby, you know, it's what I do on Sunday. Uh, one thing, if it's like that, you're not being very successful. You have to be the main thing. There can't be really any different between your religion and your life. Prabhupada said he took it to heart. And because Vishnu Chakravarti Thakur says, this says, this means you should take the instructions of your spiritual master and make it your life and soul and just do it. Whether it's possible or impossible. Whether it's, you don't care. You don't care whether you succeed or whether you fail. You just do it. 
And so Prabhupada said, I took some inspiration for that and said, let me try, do what I can. And so therefore, in 1944, he began writing an English language journal. Do you know Bhakti Siddhanta started that way with the English language harmonist? He started Back to Godhead magazine in 1944. And you can get replicas of that all by himself. Not a big editorial standard. Single-handedly, he wrote the articles. He got the advertisers. He, had the, he printed them up by himself and he went around to different people to sell them by himself. And some books that we have now, like Easy Journey to Other Planets, they were published serially in this Back to Godhead magazine first. That's what he did. And then finally, he, when he left his family life and could, they could be taken care of, and he went to Vrindavan, and then he started translating English language books, three volumes back, Srimad Bhagavatam. That's what he decided to do. And, and you can see those books. I had an original set. Uh, the paper is very delicate. It's already falling apart. High acid, not like the paper they had in the expensive paper in 1933. Prabhupada didn't have much money. He had to raise the money. He had to get the donors. He had to go to the printers. He had to find the typesetters. He had to do all by himself. And then all by himself, he finally, 70 years old, that's my age now, so I know what it's like. <laughs> I just, it was a shock to me to go from Philadelphia down to the next stage, <laughs> down to Pennsylvania to Maryland. But he went, he left, he'd never been outside of India. And he gets on a boat, a boat, a boat and ends up in New York City. That's what he did. With, it's very interesting that 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 that, that his he, he didn't have youthful energy. He was seventy years old. He was not supported. Did everything by himself. Uh, no money. Uh, famously, why did he have only forty rupees with him? Because that was all the Indian government would allow you to take out of the country at the time. <laughs> which was he could get $7 for it. <laughs> and no bank would take it anyway. This <laughs> has 40 rupees. Uh, so that, that's, that's what he did. And yet, look what happened. It's just that, that Krishna had something set up, and when he came, he sent people, not the kind of people that the Gaudiya was looking for. They were looking for the educated, talented uh, elite. And these were like these young kids who were like, yeah, dear Visheksha and Shunyavadi there. It was right there. Uh, Allen Ginsberg came to see Prabhupada. He had been to India, he chanted Hare Krishna, and then he chanted Gatte, Gatte, Parigatte, Paribodhi, Svaha, this Buddhist mantra, back and forth. <laughs> and the other big teacher in New York City was Swami Nikolananda, who ran the Ram Krishna mission. There they were. When he came to New York, who was there? Nirvishesha and Shunyabadi. 
waiting for him also. <laughs> but the amazing thing is when Prabhupada came, it was Krishna's in charge of timing. I must say 30 years passed. There was a 30 year gap. Okay, World War II had to happen, you know, and all those things. And Prabhupada, because he was very advanced, he was very humble, and he said, my spiritual master gave me this order to preach in the West when I was a young man, and I was so attached to family life, I couldn't do anything into my old age. And I came here just to help, just to try to do something for my spiritual master, and I couldn't do much, but he sent you American boys and girls, and now you're helping me satisfy the desire of my spiritual master, so I have to thank you more. That was his attitude. But he came at the right time. I mean, Krishna's in charge of time. But he, but, but he was there. He showed up. And he had to do it all by himself. When he first got to New York, he saw there was possibilities. He wrote back to his various god brothers who were leaders in India. as working here. Help me out. Send me some men. Help me get... He had the donor in India to get a temple by a, a building in New York. He had a donor waiting. But all his god brothers, some of them were very well connected with the Indian government. All you got to do is let them release the currency. Nobody helped. It wasn't his idea that he should do it all by himself. He never stopped trying to cooperate. So that shows you that just this commitment to giving others Krishna consciousness and to do that, that was what Bhakti Siddhanta wanted. You should preach in English, means you should give it to other people. You should preach it around the world. And, and that's, that's what Prabhupada had. So now, this is what we have to remember now. Uh, so far, it's survived. One of the early problems we had uh, in the 70s was we were a cult. There, there was, you know, Reverend Moon's group, and uh, all kinds of religious groups were there, Scientology, you know, they're all uh, different. Uh, we were one cult among them. Uh, and uh, uh, there, was a, there was a professor at the University of Pennsylvania here. He used to have me come every year. He had a course called the Cult Controversy. <laughs> And I talked to, to talk to his students, Professor Dunner. Right? And then one day here at this we were at this building uh, here. He said to me, looked around the Sunday feast, and he said, "You know, you don't really belong in my course anymore." He <laughs> <laughs> said, "I still like you to come, but actually, you don't you don't belong." <laughs> we were not a cult. Uh, so that was a, that was so many things you know we had we had external enemies and we had some enemies within also got us in trouble but you know we are here we are going strong uh, we are still spreading around the world. Hey. Uh, but we could be stronger. <laughs> 
and Prabhupada left us some instructions that, that the, the idea of an organized religion, nobody likes organized religion, I hate it myself. <laughs> but the organization is necessary. First of all, we have to be organized together because Krishna consciousness is not something, it's Sankirtan. Sankirtan means you do it together, that san means together. You, we, we do it in association with devotees. It's not really, you know, and san means you spread it so that association will be increasing. Bring, bring more people in. So it's not, uh, so first of all, we are essentially, and you may find out that the association of devotees is sometimes a little difficult because we're individuals and everyone has different tastes. And especially we, we cross all kinds of, you know, uh, we're not all the graduating class of Yale University. We come from all kinds of different places and different times and different backgrounds and some of us are, you know, educated, some of us are not educated, some of us are white, black, Indian, American, you know, all kinds of, that's great, but it's difficult. We don't have any kind of social understanding to begin with. But we should, we should welcome that, even though it's difficult. That's our mission, is to bring, because what's our first teaching? Aham Brahmasmi. By the way, I had my teacher uh, in Hinduism, before I became a devotee, when I was religious studies at Temple University, was the same Swami Nikolananda who taught us the Ramakrishna vision version of Advaita Vedanta. So I knew Aham Ramasmi. You know, I read the uh, 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 I read the uh, Vedanta Sutra and all that kind of stuff. I knew Aham Ramasmi. But you know, I took it wasn't a proper that I understood it. Aham Ramasmi means I am spirit. That much I understood also. But the corollary, I'm not matter, I'm not this body. Whoa, you know, that was never so clear. But I'm not this body. And even the more esoteric knowledge, but better, I'm not this mind. <laughs> so all, the, all, all this, 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 this teaching uh, that we have, the world needs to know this. If people want to get together, we want to want to have a, our own society. The whole world needs to come to this platform. You can notice how people are wars are breaking all because I'm this, I'm that, I'm this nation, I'm this religion, I'm this ethnic group, I'm this, uh, male, female. They're all big problems. They have to come to this platform. That was Prabhupada's idea. That one, you read the preface, the original preface to the the Bhagavatam. The, the, the unification of the human race on a new platform. And I can see that gra gradually that's the only thing that's going to solve all the problems. Every, every, you have material solutions to material problems, you create a bigger problem. We, we have seen it. So much material problem. Right now we have global warming. Well, this is a problem created by progress. 
And if you have another material solution to that, that material building, then there you just kick the ball down the field for the problem to be even bigger. You know? so they don't have a solution. And Prabhupada has given the solution. So we have to practice it. And we have to carry on the same spirit that, that Srila Prabhupada, that, that we cooperate together. He said, your love for me will be shown how you cooperate together to spread this movement. Uh, and, and, and so that, that's what we should uh, we, we should uh, uh, take this order very very seriously and now each of us has to take make a dedication let me increase my own Krishna consciousness now Krishna consciousness you know on one side there's the beginning and the other side the end and if you look between them it looks like mission impossible you look at the description of what a pure devotee is and you go, <laughs> And even Prabhupada said this about himself, that after, that, that Bhakti Siddhanta would appear to him in a dream several times and told him to take sannyas. And Prabhupada said, I was horrified. <laughs> so we may be horrified at whatever it is, but what what we need to do is not look at what is the next step. What do I have to do to increase my Krishna consciousness? Right now, where I'm, here are my here's the things that I that I've accepted and that I'm doing, and here's what I could do better, what I could do more, how I could improve. Of course, we we should well, our foundation should be the cultivation of the holy name. To chant the Hare Krishna Maha Mantra uh, with focused attention. To chant while trying to become free from offenses. If we're chanting and chanting and chanting and nothing's happening, that means I'm not trying to become free from offenses. What offense am I committing? I could probably find out right away. I probably know. I probably don't tell anybody else. <laughs> but I know what it is. I should try to give it up. And if I'm sincerely trying, then I'll find Krishna's going to help me. And so this way, you, we just... So the, the point is not whether in this big, long thing that we are in the beginning or the middle or the end or up here. The thing is, are we trying, sincerely trying to get better? That should be our effort. Just that I am sincerely trying to get better. I may get pretty far up on the list, and then if I stop trying to get better, find out I'm sliding back down the slope to where I was before. You know. So this is New Year's coming. Make a resolution. <laughs> because we are not just becoming Krishna conscious for our own good, because then we also will have the potency to give it to others. It's the best thing we can do for humanity. For all the cows in America are still being rounded up in the slaughterhouses. For them too. Because Prabhupada showed what one person can do. And I, very early on, uh, when I was a new devotee, uh, Shain Sundar, Prabhupada's uh, secretary, would send out a newsletter and I remember getting the one, 
Shamsun later asked me, did you save them? And unfortunately, I don't have them, because he was looking to write, but I, I hope he finds them somewhere. They were just mimeographed and mailed out. You know, we didn't have modern duplicates. <laughs> like that. So he sent this newsletter, and Prabhupada had just been, this was written from Africa, and Prabhupada had been in London, and he had debated the secretary of the Mensa Club. Mensa Club, you have to have 140 IQ membership, certified board, certified genius, you know. And he debated the secretary and won. And Prabhupada uh, said, I act like a king because no one can defeat me. <laughs> he said <laughs> Uh, and, 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 and so then he was, was quoting him, what he was saying, as they were in Africa. And then, then he said, a problem said, I am one person, and see what I have done. Now we are 500, which I assume at that time was the number of his initiated disciples. <coughs> he said, so each of you become just like me, and imagine what can happen. So I assume that was his order. <laughs> I assume that was his order. And it's not pious to say we can't become just like Srila Prabhupada because he told us to do that. <laughs> of course I can, but if I want, if uh, you know, I take the next step and the next step and the next step, you know. Uh, each of you come just by and then imagine what will be accomplished, he says. So we should, we, should, we should take Prabhupada's mission, we should make on our life and soul, whatever we knew, can do to increase, or whatever we have, what opportunity we have to increase, one little thing, and don't go back, and then the next thing, then the next thing. And first of all, if we're not, not making any spiritual progress, we will be unhappy. We'll be discouraged. We'll think, oh, what's wrong? And there's a lot of discouragement. I mean, Iskon is, is, is like down where I'm living, there's the Washington Monument, a very tall building, and it has a, the shadow is long. So Iskon has a shadow, too. <laughs> it's big, and it casts a long shadow. And mostly the, the discouraged people. But unfortunately, they, they take the wrong step to deal with their discouragement. They say, oh, I'm not making any advancement in Christian culture. It must be because they changed Prabhupada's books. It must be because there's no advanced devotees. It must be because the gurus are this. It must be because the GBC is this. So you've got everything. We, each one of us has everything we need. Don't blame anyone else. Uh, so what do I have to do? And if we start going forward in that way, then you will find that the resources, what I need, will come. The resources will be there. Otherwise, why should Krishna waste giving you all resources if we won't take advantage of them? So they'll come. This is at least from my own experience. There's little advancement I've made, I can see that. And, uh, and unfortunately, it's not, you know, always sometimes you have slow times, you have fast times, and sometimes, you know, some planets in your sixth house or eighth house or something, you know, it slows you down, it's harder, and then it's fast. You don't know what's all going on. I, I can understand that. But, 
Don't stop trying. And the mercy of Srila Prabhupada will be there. He's the founder acharya of this kind. That means he's the soul of this kind. And that means he's, he's here. He's not gone away. It's not like he's disappeared. ISKCON has a structure, and, and last thing to say, this, this structure is, is shown by the temple that's being under construction in Mayapur. ISKCON goes up. Prabhupada said in the letter, we'll have another, we have another ISKCON in the spiritual sky, spiritual world. So as, is it, 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 a big structure, and Prabhupada is still the founder of Charya. Uh, and he's there, and he's giving all mercy to everyone that's here. We're part of that bigger structure, the visible ISKCON, and then there's the invisible ISKCON. And then the visible ISKCON is up there with Jiva Goswami, Rupa Goswami, Sanatana Goswami, the whole, that's this one contingent with that, that, uh, that, uh, that part of Lord Chaitanya's movement. It's also there. Okay, I'll stop there. Thank you very much. Oh, anyone, questions, comments, doubts, misgivings? Yes, Guru. Did Srila Prabhupada consider himself part of the Gaudiya Math at the, when it started to become unhealthy and break apart? Uh, well, they, when it broke apart, it was no longer what it was. You know? uh, it, 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 it wasn't there. Uh, he, and he first tried working. If you read Prabhupada Lilamrita, you for first he was working with them and found out that that uh, there was no support for preaching Krishna consciousness wherever he was. He was actually kind of blocking him. And so he just found out to do something, he had to do it by himself. That was that was his experience. Uh, and uh, and he never but he never gave up trying. As I said, if you if you look at this book, you'll see in the one part I found, you know, what Prabhupada, all the letters he wrote back. And he never stopped trying. In one letter, a little later on, he again was corresponding with, 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 with the Gaudiya mission, that was the Calcutta uh, fragment. Uh, and Prabhupada uh, wrote, to, wrote to one of his GBCs, he says, he says, I know it is, I, I'm going to write back to him, he says, I know it is a hopeless case, but you know me, even though it's hopeless, I never give up hope, <laughs> he said. And then in his very last days, he made the, the Bhaktivedanta Swami Charity Trust, which is administered now, and it gives money to help these various temples, Gaudiya Mat temples, improve their places, build things, repair structures and things like that. So he put up a permanent structure for, for doing that. Uh, and, and so it's still going on. Uh, so that, but that, 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 was his, that was his attempt. Then, of course, when, when, he, when, he, when he first started to work, and then finally he decided that, that you know, I, I have to form a new organization, International Society for Krishna Consciousness, kind of a revival 
which also Bhaktivinoda Thakur did, and also Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur did. There's a history of these kind of revivals with a new name that, that, that he finally did. But only when he realized he was now on his own. It wasn't a welcome truth, but, but he did it. Anything else? Okay. So please thank this uh, Teresa Vendasu for coming. Thank you. Thank you.